on the next episode of Sip Suds and Smokes. We had a plan and the plan fell apart. And so this is a grab bag show. Grab bag. So literally, good old boy Dave has just walked into his beer cellar and just selected four or five beers at random. We're just going to pass them around. We're going to pour them and we're going to taste and rate these beers as we go along. I have no idea what he has pulled at all. It's something lactose infused of some kind. All the ones that... Yeah. That look that little bit of crust right on top of the. <laughs> I thought you were, were yeah. getting all the raspberry beers, wow, Dave. Man. A born on date of 2017. That's why you should be in charge. So, good old gal Juliana is going to be pouring beers. We're going to be tasting them. We may or may not know what they are. Then we'll discuss her tasting notes and rate them up today. So, She's the beer uh, that's maiden. kind of our general process. We'll be right back after this break. Almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It's sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Indeed, it is time for more suds here on Sip, Suds, and Smokes, where we talk about everything good in life that is worth discussing. This is a sud segment. I am your host, one of your hosts here today, good old boy Mike. And joining me here at the table are some people that really made poor choices today. Yeah, good old boy Sean. What's... A poor choice in drinking beer. Uh, it's the quantity of lube usually involved with most of the decision making <laughs> process. Here we go. And <laughs> three <laughs> seconds in, and the lube party starts. Joining us again is a good old boy, Dave. It's as smooth as a buttered child. I said a pre shave lube. <laughs> you know, good old gal, <laughs> good old gal Juliana. Hi. This is, I'm in a part of a 12-step program. <laughs> Hi, my name's Juliana. My favorite kind step of Step six and a half. <laughs> I'm still on step one. Never, <laughs> never admit that you sat at a table thus. <laughs> Good old boy Kendall is with us. It's always a pleasure. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, so some of you don't always know the background of, so Kendall's like the walking, you know, Cicerone, you know, advanced Knows every you know question about beer you'd ever want to know. Sean has screwed up at least like four hundred thirteen beer recipes as a brewer. So is I'm it close? Well, is dang. that close? Uh, more like four twenty. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> <420. laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> 
Well, today's said segment is all about beer, beer, and more beer. And we have a really, you know, this is a style we haven't done. So uh, we had a plan and the plan fell apart. And so this is a grab bag show. Grab bag. So literally, good old boy Dave has just walked into his beer cellar and just selected four or five beers at random. We're just going to pass them around. We're going to pour them and we're going to taste and rate these beers as we go along. I have no idea what he has pulled at all. It's something lactose and Fused of some kind. All the ones that All, yeah. that look <laughs> that little bit of crust. Right on top of the. <laughs> I thought you were, were yeah. getting all the raspberry beers, wow, Dave. Man. A born on date of 2017. That's why you should be in charge. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. All raspberries all the time. We this know. could have been an all raspberry Mike show. Mike loves no. nothing more than raspberry beer. <laughs> oh, well, that is. He is, loves raspberries and lube. This is not that episode. This is a raspberry lube. There we go. I think yeah. maybe that's what happened. Someone hurt Mike with some raspberry lube at some point and. It, it impacted his beer. It's just a mental thing. Is that what you're saying, yeah. Dave? Well, yeah. Somebody said, hey, there's a pole with raspberry lube on mm-hmm. it. You should lick it. And of course, it his was- His tongue stuck. Right. So our so process today started. is that, uh, so good old gal Juliana is going to be pouring beers. We're going to be tasting them. We may or may not know what they are. Then we'll discuss our tasting notes and rate them up today. So the beer uh, that's maiden. kind of our general process. Uh, good old boy Kendall is going to uh, tell us our sudge ratings that we'll be using for today. Or good old boy Dave could. I think oh, Dave's I'm sorry, got good that old boy one. Dave. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. We'll be tasting and discussing these beers today and giving our signature belching sounds. Here are those ratings now. One, that sucks. Give me anything but a raspberry Bud Light. <laughs> Number two. Raspberry hard seltzer. Was that a belch? <laughs> Number three. Ah, what a relief. Four. A body should really not make that sound. And five. The greatest of all ratings. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. Along the way today, thank you, good old boy Dave. I'm sorry. <clears throat> um, Remember tomorrow. Sure, hit the applause button. I mean, seriously, you know, you could. You could I don't use, have an applause button. You don't have an applause button? All right. Um, he's, he's looking for it. Yeah, there we go. Well, there, along the way, we're going to have some uh, tales of uh, talking about uh, um, the aspect of uh, what are pasteurized eggs. And uh, we'll have... A uh, a small conversation as well from good old boy Dave, which was on I forgot I'm brain dead. Alcohol free gin. Yeah, there is it. Al- alcohol free gin. So uh, we'll see if we can get to both those topics today as well. Well, let's talk about our first beer. Let's just get pouring and sipping for sure. Um, I just uh, I'm so fearful what what, <laughs> what Dave went and pulled, man. <laughs> Dude, you should know I give all the crappy brother uh, beers to my brother. Oh, so okay. I don't. I don't hold you on give to all that. the crappy brothers your beer? Yeah. <laughs> crappy brothers your beer. I like that. <laughs> wow. So this one. Crappy beer to my crappy brother. No, this one I purchased. Um, and I was really excited about your beer of the year. So I wanted to get, remember your beer of the year last year? Uh, last year? Like for 2020? Uh, it's from Westbrook. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was, yes. I, um, okay. It was from Westbrook. June. Yeah, June. Yes. 
That okay. was her. That was her beer of the year. No, it was yours. It was mine. Yeah. It was yours. Okay. It was yours. <laughs> I just was really impressed by it. Yeah, that I so, pronounced Juan in that episode. What I don't know what I was thinking. Okay, <laughs> so what we are tasting is from Westbrook mm. in uh, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Yes, this is um, Joey. I think it's a Sauternes Barrel Age Saison. Mixed fermentation saison aged one year in a Sauternes cask. Bright gold color with notes of honey, lemon, and ripe pineapple funk. Uh, bottled in 2016, ABV is only 7%. And um, there's a lot of pills or malt in here. That pineapple is interesting. So mm-hmm. uh, my first reaction would be, uh, I think aging any beer in a Sauternes barrel is, this is a bad idea. Wait, it's, what is Sauternes? So Sauternes is an incredibly sweet uh, grape. Okay, um, so that's what the okay. Yeah, that's what so that to this. Um, and I just really think it would be very difficult for you know for any beer to be able to compete with a Sauterne. Um Just it would be yeah. So well, this I, beer I, is very sweet. It is. It is. It is incredibly sweet and very wine like. Yeah, mm-hmm. very. Getting a lot of honey. I don't know yeah. if that's just my mind playing tricks with me based on the sweetness, but it's the sugar component, you know, mm-hmm. around this that's interplaying with the, you know, the in the residual sugar that's inherent within Sauterne. I this just reminds me of tea. I really I like this. Uh, um, I you know what I mean? Strange is it has like this uh, dry thing, this drying component that is in the middle of the taste profile, but it finishes out sweet. So it's yeah. really it's like a head head it really is that, like a that head fake that is an odd thing because usually when a beer is that dry in the middle I'm thinking it's going to get super dry and yeah. it goes the Just other direction yeah. Yeah. yeah huh so some of those sugars are riding all the way to the end mm-hmm. very yeah. much yeah yeah they are like it, the tannins are in the middle and then the yeah it reminds me of um, again tea with like those lemon lollipops and you swirl the lollipop. In your hot oh, tea yeah. to like distribute the honey in there, but then if you're greedy and you can't wait long enough, then you like tape a sip, you um, suck on the lollipop for a minute. So that sweetness of the honey at the end—that's where it comes into play. I don't know. I kind of dig it. I mean, it's not normal. It's growing on me quick, but I kind of dig it. I, I, Sean, I like you, it. You're, I think you have a thousand things going bit. through your mind there. <laughs> a lot of things go through my mind. Yeah, no, I'm definitely getting the honey notes. Uh, you know the. The wine barrel notes are coming through really nicely on this. I think it's, it, but it's it's definitely somewhat of a distraction. But then it just, I don't know, it ends up working out for me. I'm yeah. digging in. I think if this was just a little bit warmer, it, it you know, we'd get a little more complexity out of it. But I'm not complaining either. This well, is- I'm going to leave a little bit left in my cup till later. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, the current temperature it's really cold, and so I think it's obscuring some of the sugars um, and some of the aroma aromatic components of this i think would come around if it maybe came up to room temperature so yep. yeah i think just let this sit here on our trays it's got a hint of funk but i think the same thing as this gets warmer it's going to get funkier. funkier yeah i am getting a touch of the barrel itself and yes. so some of the wood you know is you know coming through on this i i think the one thing i would definitely say is i've never had a beer that's like that um, it is unique. So that is incredibly unique. And I love this series that Westbrook is doing. I oh, mean, my bet- gosh. I got to do more. Between between the, the June and this, it's like um, 
So one of my favorite beers of all time is actually from Westbrook, which is an old grumpy that was finished mm-hmm. off in the apple brandy barrel. I, if they don't go back and make that again, I may just buy the whole brewery just so they would make that. I thought beer. you were going to say know, Mexican wedding cake. It was a, just so amazing. Um, and I, I think the only thing I was disappointed is I only had two bottles of that beer and I drank <laughs> them both. It was such a great beer. But I see that this is going down the same path of complexity, you know, where they're really uh, taking to heart a lot of their barrel aging program. And they're not afraid to work with things that nobody else has done. So I love that. Yeah, I'm curious. What's the age? Do we know the age of this bottle? Because It was bottled in 2016. Okay, so it's had some time to develop. So about three to four years, from, uh, or a little bit longer than where we're sitting, you know. Or four to five. When we're recording this. So, Sean, if I told you we were making a beer and dropping it in a sauterne barrel, what would be your first reaction? My first reaction is, what's a sauterne barrel? But <laughs> now, that, now that we've explained that, um, I, you know, I've ex- had a little experience. I ended up uh, barrel aging, <laughs> hey uh doing a uh, barrel-aged Berliner Weiss uh, in, in some red, red wine barrels, and that turned out really nice. And there's a lot of notes that I'm getting from that that reminds me of that beer that I, that uh, I did. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, really, uh, I love the uh, innovation, you know, kind of coming off this. And uh, I, I really um, I look forward to what else they're going to be doing, you know, at Westbrook with this series. I love Westbrook, man. They make so – they're just – I have beers that I like less it's, than other beers it's that the they best make. American Goza. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Down. indeed. Yeah. 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 And it's nice sure. we can get it in Nashville now. Well, our Suds rating here for the name of the beer Jolie is, Jolie. Jolie is going to be a four. Uh, uh, and uh yeah i can't wait to finish the rest of this that's in my glass for sure and uh yeah i'm letting mine warm up and yeah i'm gonna set this on the tray and let it warm up a bit for sure well a really good beer coming out of the start of our uh, grab bag episode so grab bag come back right after the break we got more beer Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. On today's Suds episode, it's a grab bag episode. Grab bag. And good old boy Dave has just literally walked into the cellar. Get your hands off my grab bag. five or six things, and we're uh, opening up, tasting these in real time, and rating these up. So our first uh, our first beer was actually from Westbrook. It was Jolie, and it was a beer that was finished off in a sauterne barrel. Really fascinating. So, Julie, I told you we should have given the yep. crappy ones. So our next beer is going to be our next beer is um, Escafir from wow, Brewery. Wow, I can say that three times fast. From Brewery Vivant in Grand Rapids, it's also part of a collaboration series, and um, I believe this might be with New Belgium. This was um, bottled in August of 2017. That makes a lot of sense. It's part of their Plein de Vie series of wood and wild fermentation project. Um, anyways, so this beer is... Beautiful. Yes. Very beautiful. <laughs> I know, Have your right? tasty beverage to wash this down. So, it's a Breda ale. Um, it <sighs> was packaged with live yeast and will continue to develop and mature with time, age up to five years. So, we're, hey, we're doing well right with on this. The, right on the yep. money. What a gorgeous it's, color. It's almost like you start with a Belgian... Uh, a lighter Belgian double, give yes. it a little funk and give it a little sourness and let nature work some magic. And it is delightful. Mm-hmm. Let Brie Vivant work their magic. Yeah. 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 This is very tasty. <clears throat> yeah. It's very indicative of a very typical fooder, you know, um, beer, 
And I, you know, I guess when you said this was a new Belgian collaboration, I mean, the first thing that, you know, is in my mind is just the sea of fooders, you know, at the new Belgian facility in Colorado. And, you know, I'm really picking up, you know, a lot of uh, characteristic of the fooder itself is bringing a lot around. Um, the bread is really providing a tremendous amount of the body component, mm-hmm. I think, of this beer. Um, and uh, the color is really fascinating. This is like a light red. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it looks great even in the glasses that we're using today. Dave, what do you think? It's carb just enough. Um, I like this nice fruity notes to it. Um, hint of the, the wood from the barrel. And um, it brings me back to when we visited the uh, the brewery. It was like one of the f- a really fun trips that we took. And um, I like that it's not too much of anything. It's just a very smooth, easy drinking beer. What was the ABV on it again? Um, sorry. 75? No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, for those no. of you listening Ten. out there, it's 10%. 10%. Wow. 10%, man. This is does not drink like a 10%. No, it doesn't. So it doesn't. Smooth. No heat. It's, almost it's just smooth. For those yeah. of you listening out there that haven't been to Brewery Vivant, Dave, Dave is right. Uh, just one sip of this took me right back to their beer hall. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just, talk about just a wonderful place, wonderful food, wonderful people. Kind of creepy because it used to be a funeral home, but they turned it <laughs> yeah. into... Yeah, a really cool space. Where, where the pulpit would be is where the bar is at. Yeah, which makes total sense. Well, and yeah, wasn't it a Holy combination crap. church and? <laughs> well, there was a chapel. Yeah, there was the, a yeah, chapel, chapel yeah. and funeral a home, funeral yeah. home. Yeah, but yeah. with the with the vaulted ceilings and yeah. um, uh, and then the, there was yeah. like that room off to the side that had like that living moss artistic thing yeah, going yeah, the, on. The living wall kind of thing. It was great. I mean, great place. Great the, place. The embalming tanks that you like you could <laughs> shotgun out of. I mean, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> what is well, it? Duck fat nachos, I believe, is there? Ooh, the oh, yes. 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 Pairing, yes. You know, with this. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds so gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I think that would be a great pairing with this. Well, our suds rating here for the beer called... Escoffier, uh, Escoffier, Escoffier. Uh, from Vivant Brewery Vivant is going to be a four. Mm. Uh, save a bit of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, let it warm too. Really, yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah. So, so I will say all Fantastic these were out start. in a beer fridge. So I didn't pull anything I don't know, out of it's the, okay. But, but just so everybody knows, like a lot of times, if you have these beers like this, you should, you know, if if you have time and good old boy Mike's not making you pull them out right away. <laughs> Um, Wait, give them a little I'm time to sit Dave out. To pull something out. Hey, <laughs> lube, lube, baby, raspberry lube. Yeah, if you can give them a little bit of time to come up, you know, not straight up to room temperature, but you know, in the fifties, you're good. Cellar temp. There you go. Hmm. Oh, the next beer is making its way around. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. she's coming around okay. the mountain. So, from this offering is from Guzuri Tilquin. And this is their stout, but it's not just your normal stout. Because Tilquin would never make a normal. No, this is a seven percent ABV brown ale that is brewed in collaboration with Brasserie Artisanal de Rules. And forgive me if I butcher that. They're from uh, Wallonie, Belgium, which is in the same area that um, 
Tilquin is from. Dude, like, if they wanted you to say their name right, they would have made it easier to say. Well, <laughs> they would put it in English. Yeah. So this is a beer of mixed fermentation. The stout Rulquin is obtained from a blending of seven eighths of Rules Brune and one eighth of a blend of a one year old lambic, which has been matured wow. for eight months in an oak barrel. Interesting. Unfiltered, unpasteurized, unadulterated. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we're at. Like I don't know why you call this a stout, but but yeah, it's, that, it's, this is about a billion miles away from yeah. being a stout for sure. The so the underpinnings of the uh, roasted malt are uh, don't really jump out at you no. like they would with a, a stout. I think it's more of they probably just use some roasted malt and they were like, well, you know. Hey, Irish, you want to know how to make a stout? Yeah. Boom, this is what we do. <laughs> I'm not son. saying this is a bad choice. I'm just saying that for those of you that are looking for those big, you know, booming imperial stouts, you know, that are yeah. have all these roasted malts, this is not it. This there's, is even better. There's definitely that roasty note that, that floats like right along mm-hmm. just, just under the surface. It, but To me, it's kind of like tobacco. It's a little bit, like a, yeah. A yeah. little bit. Hmm. But to take an oud brune and mix it with a... Uh, a like a what to say one year old lambic? Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant idea. I shaved mean, a, shaved a lot of the the bite off of it, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I know that uh, both uh, good old boy Kendall and I are huge fanboys of uh, you know Tilquin. I so what makes them so very different than many of the other um, Belgian uh, brewers that are making you know. Um, Goose is that they're actually blending from a lot of other breweries, Which and they're crazy, one of the few yeah. places that you know are taking that approach. And absolutely, one of my all-time favorite gouzes is the Quintessence, which um, is just an amazing, you know, uh, beer. But I love the um, innovation, you know, kind of around this. I I would have never have made some of those choices, you know, to kind of slap this stuff together and. So I'm just tasting it for what it is, and I'm really enjoying that it's bright, it's fresh, it has everything that you would think um, you would have in a one-year gouze, but it's actually tempered by a lot of the, um, the, the sugars are making this a lot softer, and the, the chocolate malt is providing a hint of bitterness to kind of bring around and, and actually works well in harmony with the with the uh, goose that's in this. Yeah, I love this. This should be its style of its own. Other breweries should be making this. I wouldn't call it a stout. Who would you call this? Would you call it a... You wouldn't call it a dark gouze. I mean... You know, why wouldn't you? I mean, I why not? Something yeah, like that. that or niche, niche gouze. How about that? I like that. Cascadian gouze? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I just call it delicious. Uh, boy. What a what a beer! A black gouze. Yeah, yeah, it's it really it really kind of is. Yeah, how do you think this idea came together, Sean? <laughs> Only those wacky Belgians can tell I us. I was just about to say, what dartboard was somebody throwing? <laughs> so you think bet. it was? We're, uh, we're going to take this, and we're going to take this, think, and then magic. Hey, what are you going to do with those forty pounds of, of chocolate malt? And then you're like, hmm. maybe it was like that. Uh, those old Reese's peanut butter commercials yeah. where you're know, like the guy is eating his peanut butter, and the other guy's eating his chocolate, and they bump into each other. It's like you put your stout in my gouze, you put your gouze in my stout. Mm. I think they were probably you had two guys, the two breweries sitting around la- 
late at night drinking a lot, and they had this crazy idea. It's like, hey, what if we blended I our beers? I think it's leftover ingredients. Yeah, <laughs> totally. They were drinking a Guinness and a Cantillon. They were like, you Juliana, what do you think? Well, what if... Um what if Tilquin came over to the other place, you know, with this young Lambic and is kind of like, hmm, this is some interesting. We've got you know, 400 gallons of this left. You know, what do you want to do with it? No, like I'm just start. you know, I'm just starting out because it's only been aged for like, what, six months? Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of like bringing it over as a sample of like, hey, this is a young thing. What do you think? Meanwhile, they've got their other thing, you know, and they tossed it together. I, it's ingenious, really, but. Again, Belgians are kind of known for really thinking outside the box and how you could take something with that barnyard funkiness and, you know, taking it to a whole new level with any beer style. Well, stouts I mean, are your favorite. So, like, what do mm-hmm. you think in those terms? I I so, I love it because, yes, I do love stouts and I do love making a really good stout. But it gets so sweet and it gets so complex that you almost lose sight of it and you're like oh only once a year and that's about it but this i could drink this any time of year because even though it's dark it's still approachable Mm. and it's really yummy really really yummy wow uh so uh our rating for this beer from tilquin which is called once again they're stout the stout is going to be a sudge rating of four uh, uh, uh. You know what? Wanna... It'll probably turn out it was some intern that was supposed to be transferring uh, stuff from one one thing to another, and he hit the wrong. Mm. So uh, happy this... accident is what you're saying. <laughs> this conversation I was uh, having with uh, good old boy Jason um, this week um, was we were having a conversation with his friend about how eggs are different, you know, in the U.S. And so I was like, this is topic worthy of discussion. You know, so he was betting his friend. He was like, look, the eggs are completely different, you know, in the U.S. because we pasteurize all the eggs, you know, in the U.S. So you don't really get, you know, what the true essence of the eggs, just like milk is all pasteurized, you know, here in the U.S. So we screwed everything up by pasteurizing everything. He's like, no, I don't think eggs are pasteurized. And so we had this long 20-minute discussion, which we're not going to have again today, um, you know, about whether all eggs are pasteurized or not. And so, of course, I had to jump in the conversation and go, well, what about the Amish eggs? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, are they pasteurized without any mechanical, you know, process? You know, Steam pasteurized. Yeah. It's like, well, well, steam would be, you know, mechanically, you know, manipulating it. Well, my mom. Yeah, they can light a fire and make something like that. How how do the Amish pasteurize their eggs? My mom, they have some chickens, you know, and so... A, you know, they, they come out, you know, the shells are not all bright white, you know, so you yeah. get some brown eggs, you get some, so well, you we might bleed, get more we, yellow yeah, here, you might get a little eggs, bit, you know, here yeah. in the U.S., yeah. Well, plus they, you know, the way they breed the chickens in most of the, the houses or, you know, farms, they're going to keep them the same, but I, I, I think, you, you know, you can get some variations and stuff, but, you know, I don't know that you're losing a whole lot. Yeah, so that was going to be my question, which is, do you think that, you know, first off, do you think all the eggs are pasteurized? And have you tasted, you know, non-pasteurized eggs, and are they really dramatically different? There's there's definitely more flavor, but I think that's with, like, with anything. Like, yep, um, farm fresh eggs are, are better. Well, and, like, you know, also, if you think, like, those... But our Amish uh, farm fresh eggs. What are they well, called? those are the best. What are they called, like, uh, heirloom... Like heirloom like chickens. Well, heirloom chickens. No, no, for real. They're they're, they're all the ones you pass down. Yeah. 
<laughs> there are the ones that are not as fattened up and stuff, so they they do taste a little rangier. Hey, they taste more like dark long. meat. I'm the air gamier. <laughs> yeah, they're a little gamier, you know. And people tend to shy away from some of that flavor, you know. Huh. Interesting. In our f- subdued American palate. So we do pay like an extra two bucks a dozen, you know, no. just for the uh, uh, farm fresh eggs or the Amish eggs. No, I'm not going to pay two extra bucks for a possible case of salmonella. <laughs> Have you seen the chickens that lay the uh, Easter eggs? What? Yeah, there's there's a certain type of chickens that, that was they're, a rabbit. They're eggs. <laughs> You're thinking of the Cadbury bunny, yeah. and those are chocolate. <laughs> no, they they lay uh, blue and green eggs. Um, many of you know our friend Shane in the uh, one of the beer guys here in town. He's got a bunch of chickens, and he has some that lay for a variety oh, of colors yeah. of yeah. eggs. Blue, it's green, blue, brown. green, brown. But the blue and the green ones Where are the crazy. Where do you put that ones. on your resume? You I know, am the one that owns the chicken that lays the blue eggs. You get the chicken that lays the striped <laughs> eggs. Then you got something there. Yeah. I could harass him so bad about that next time. Shane, the master of blue eggs. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Chiba Motto joke for those that know the band in there that. I know my chicken. You don't know your chicken. <laughs> wow. Yeah, if see, you get bored, look up that song. It's it's pretty entertaining, as with most Chibamato songs. I knew if I took us down this rabbit hole, we would get chocolate eggs. All right. So with that, <laughs> let's hear about our next, our next beer. Oh, wow. Okay. The next beer is from Poughkeepsie, New York. And um, we actually did talk about this beer once, but... We wanted to see. I remember after the um, after the episode, that did we were not like, "Go the way we thought it would go." Those beers were not all as well received as we thought. Right, but we also at the, after the end of the show, we thought, "Hey, let's set a few of these back yep. and then see what they would be like in a couple of years." So this particular one that we were having from Plan B is called Moonshed. Mm. It's a spontaneous ale that's brewed with heirloom corn grown on their farm, and it's aged in oak. Were there it's, heirloom chickens involved? Yes. There probably were heirloom <laughs> They picked the corn. <laughs> yeah. What color were their eggs? Pink. Were they corn colored? <laughs> Maybe. Like candy corn. So, so I think the Plan B episode was, uh, is it worth it or not, right? I think uh, it was. Uh, I think that was. Might have been, yeah. Yeah. But there were there were some pretty f- far out there beers. Because there these, a these beers Mary were like beer. forty bucks each or something cl- crazy like that, right? No, no, okay. no. These these weren't. That was the ale alchemy or oh, okay or whatever. All right. But Juliana went to the farm, um, and actually, we first met those people at the State of Origin Festival in uh, North Carolina, the Fontaflora Festival, which mm-hmm. was amazing, and their beers are outstanding but they have their own farm i think they have their own bees they grow their own everything is like off every, the land. they make everything mm-hmm. there so what do you guys think of this wine i mean what do you think of this beer it's only 5.5 percent abv yeah it's very it's very uh it's tart tart-y. yeah tart a little bit of funk uh yeah wine like for sure yeah it softens nicely at the end what do you think sean I was just 5.5% explains why I was thinking it might be a little, I wouldn't say watery, but definitely lighter body Yeah, compared to what we've been consuming. Definitely has that uh, sweet tart, you yep. know, yeah. uh, kind of drying, yep. you know, uh, I'm not getting puckering though. No, you know, but, not but, that bad. Yeah. Sweet tart's a good way to describe it because yeah. you I do get that sweet sweetness tart. in the middle. 
It's or a good sweet tart like. beer. Yeah. Yeah, but I think what's interesting is is that I don't know that I would describe it nearly presented as a a fooder based or a barrel based, you know, sour. It it's tasting a bit more like a kettle sour to me, where it's just I don't know. I'm not yeah, tasting. It's, any it's wood. lacking some dimension. Yeah, I'm not tasting yeah. any wood, you know, uh, with this. I think is you know the easy way. I'm Did the just, lube get in the way. <laughs> I think you're right. It's the thinness, the light body really makes it feel more like a kettle sour. You're not getting the complexity you get from the bugs you usually get in a wild ale. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what's your rating for this going to be? All right. Our sedge rating here for the beer from Plan B that is called Moonshed. Moonshed. Moonshed is going to be a three. Wow. Interesting uh, how all these, it, it's going to be interesting to let these sit and come to room temperature, you know, so in our next segment, maybe we'll, you know, come back and revisit, you know, some of the four beers that we've had. We'll come back in uh, our next segment. We've got uh, some more beers and another fascinating topic to uh, talk about. So um, have you had any good non-alcoholic gin lately? <laughs> For sure. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. On today's Suds episode, this is a grab bag episode where good old boy Dave has just literally wandered in into a cellar and picked uh, five or six beers here I at I wander random. around a lot. And uh, we've uh, had a lot of fun with uh, some of the beers that we've gone through so far. I'm looking forward to our next beer, which is Juliana's going to introduce that for us. Do, do, do. This one is called Marie's Rendezvous. Ah, any I, yeah, any idea where with a name like that? She's a scandalous little raspberry something. Tart. <laughs> Is she now? Well, what do we know about her? She had her? a rendezvous with somebody. Look at that cap. That's pretty cool. Um, no, this is from Germany. Ah. Mm-hmm. Cue good old boys, Mike. German And it's very good. It pours like a German beer. Yes, it does. Yes. Because it's from... German beer ah, or the French it's name? from Schneidweiss, yes? Exactly. Mm. See. From Schneidweiss. See. <laughs> yeah. This yeah is, you, you can't make fun of me anymore dude, today listen. after that move. <laughs> yeah. Uno Schneidweiss. <laughs> so, this is a Doppelbach. This is 10% ABV. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's yeah. a new noble wheat beer for pure enjoyment of outstanding intensity and opulence to commemorate the 500th anniversary of your favorite word, Reinheitsgebot. Um, Isn't that cool? You cannot see through this beer. Full-bodied with soft sweetness, complex fruitness, fine peppery flavor, and courageous strength. Hmm. So, uh, this has been held just a little too long. The carb is gone off this, but that didn't bother me. Oh, I um, got carb. carb. Mine's carby. Very little carby. Yeah, mine's very little carb. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little low. Um, but all of the essence of the beer, you know, is definitely there. I mean, the uh, caramel malt, um, you the know, caramel is, impressive. Is, is really, you know, coming through. Um, this is totally, you know, right in the heart of Doppelbach City for sure. 
It's not a yeah. There's not a lot of off flavor. No, no. It's just an, it's a and caramel it's and boozy. toffee. It yeah. just yeah yeah. You got that sweetness, but it finishes surprisingly dry for as sweet as this beer is. Uh, I almost want to put some lederhosen on. It's ten percent, man. That, yeah, this is very dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> but did did you see there is wheat in the grist? There is, is yeah. un- yes, not common for Doppelbox. Yeah, but- right. So that I'm guessing that that where so this is very soft, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I would think that you know most uh, Doppelbox are you know it's like I'm here, you know, in your mouth, and it's like you know that's it, what she it, said. It's very uh, present, you know, kind of a taste profile. This is has a lot softer component to it, and I don't know if that's just the aging component around it, but. It uh, the finish off this is very soft, and it just kind of it's rolling off the back of. It of could the be the profile. wheat, yeah, right? I, I right. mean, the wheat would soften it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The wheat would soften it a lot, and then also for the lack of carbonation, there's not any oxidation. That's the big key on this. Is yeah, that it's definitely it's, not. you know. Well, and it's no got that bear. little extra thingy on the cap. That's why I was like, "Ooh, look at the cap! You don't, yeah. you, don't right. yeah. okay. you don't Which, see that, right? You don't see that. I think often. we probably had it like right at the right time to. Before it maybe started really dipping off, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think if you'd held this another year, I think you'd be sitting here going, "Oh man, I just held it a little too long." That's I'm getting that's just a hint of it, oh, yeah. Sean. Yeah. Just a hint of oxidation. Now yeah. I think Dave's spot on. If you let this beer go another year, it's going to taste like cardboard. How right. old is this? Dave had it. It uh, tastes like three or four years to me. Uh, hell, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> any good guess? Well, that would be my somebody guess. Can, here, Sean, take a look. You yeah. see. <laughs> Sean will find it. Somebody with better eyes. Uh, so this is saying uh, from 2016. Ah, so five years. Five year rule. So a little bit longer than you know what I thought. So, but yeah, yeah. Wheat Doppelbach at 10. percent hmm. Which and I think the fact that the high ABV helped it out quite a oh, bit. Oh sure. Yes. I agree. If it had been, you know, um, any lower, I don't think it would have held up, you know, even another month yeah. at all. I don't know who Marie had a rendezvous with, but they, I think they had a good time. Uh, so. so what do you guys think of this one? Uh, what's your rating going to be? Hmm. Interesting. Wow. wow. I am going to split hairs and call it a four. Uh, such rating a four off this. Uh, from uh, Schneider Vice, their Doppelbach. Good job, Schneider. Mary's Revenge. Is that what it's called? Marie's, Marie's rendezvous. rendezvous. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marie's revenge. was so close. Marie's revenge is. That would be know, a good. Uh, if we good. waited a couple of months and then yeah. drank this, there probably is a beer called Marie's Revenge. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, couple of this with uh, one of the silliest ideas that we saw coming to the market was a non-alcoholic gin that uh, which. It's that's coming a, out from Tangeray. Yeah. What is but, going on? But that's becoming a thing, though. It's like there's so many, you know, freaking millennials. Um, <laughs> it, you know, they want I like seltzer. how we've lost an entire demographic in yeah. one statement. It's like they don't want, you know, that we never had them. <laughs> it's like they want seltzer. They, you know, they don't want alcohol. They want low carbs, blah, blah, blah. So I want to drink a cocktail, but I don't want to have alcohol. It's like. Dude, is how point. is that possible? Exactly. Why don't you just have a fruit juice and call it even? So I read a little bit about these Tangeray 0.0. And basically, they take all the same botanicals like Angelica and Juniper and Sweet Licorice. And they immerse them in water. and then they, So basically, they make a tea out of each thing and then distill it and turn that into 
water. So flavored water, bottled water. How much? Is. How much is a bottle wait, of fake Tanqueray? Probably you, seventy dollars. Wait, something. I'm sorry, I got lost in the, you distill a tea. How do you? There's no sugar there. I mean, what what's going to ferment? Well, out? but I think what it is is probably more or less you're you're boiling off the. The, the water, the you're water, cooking off the water. Where's you're the cre- sugar? It's almost like you're creating essential oils. Mm-hmm. So distilling, you're thinking you're not in your head. No, you're thinking like you know what's going on. You're thinking, no, you you're thinking <laughs> fermenting. So you you need sugars for fermentation. Yeah, how would you like that challenge for next week? All you need is volatile oils. <laughs> oh, by the way, let's make yeah. a compound. Let's make a non-alcoholic whiskey. I mean, no, that is the interesting <laughs> part about distilling is the the oils that do come through in the distillation yeah. process. I mean, and that's so, like yeah. when you when you make gin. That's why you load all those botanicals yeah, with alcohol because you're and sugar pushing through. You know, I don't <laughs> know, man. I, I I I'm look. I'm not defending it. In the halls of bad ideas, I'm going to give this a five. <laughs> but I just well, really want to know what they're selling it for because if they're getting thirty, forty bucks a bottle. They're brilliant, right? Yeah, right. Because you're not having to pay the taxes on alcohol, right? Like, <laughs> It's right. like distilled just, alcohol. It's like oh. fancy LaCroix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're not even carbing it. <laughs> so like you don't even have to pay the price. That. <laughs> why would you sell that in a liquor store then? I mean, why can't you just get, you know, zero alcohol Tangeray at like, you know, the uh, the local gas station? Just put it with all the juice boxes for kids. I mean, who distributes that? Would it be, you know, would it still have to go through a three-tier distribution the Kool-Aid system? Kool-Aid man. In, in, in oh, the U.S.? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good legal question. You know, if you have a non-alcoholic beverage, you know, that's produced by a spirits maker, would you have to distribute it through a three-tier? Well, and also, if you're a liquor store and you're putting that in your store, what... What what message are you sending to your customers? I'm a moron. Who who is losing (laughs) shelf space to that? Yeah, there you go. You know. Yeah, get the zero alcohol gin. That one's the best. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make a mint off this, you know. Has has anyone come up with a concept of a bar that serves nothing but NA beer and or spirits? Yes, it does exist. Yes, wow. they also serve gluten free beer and flavor free everything. You know, so yes, gluten free pizza. Of course, it's in California where somebody you know has just spent all day thinking about this. Right, I'm going to send California rolls. I'm going to send over a, a you know a you know like three dozen lard biscuits to this place and introduce these people to flavor. You so, know? at what point did they just have a bar where you go and look at pictures? of stuff you know like you don't even get a mocktail you just look at a picture of a, an old-fashioned those are called art galleries yeah it's called, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's called avery aviary which, yeah, is, but which is you can't afford anything most art there, galleries so. you don't have to pay yeah. 15 bucks a yeah. pop shot you know? out of one of the uh, pot you know uh still so all right uh so our next beer is going to be from urban artifact tell us all about this one here juliana okay so this is vintage 2017 um this is called the milkman pastry stuff i had to get you i had to get you some lactose <laughs> at some Bad point idea. right <laughs> and so, it's a nice choice coming off the doppelbach by the way yeah, yeah. thanks sweet hey, to sweet look you know <laughs> I did this for a reason. So this thing is... She wanted it out of the fridge. ...is brewed with... (laughs) It's not the garbage show. It's a grab bag show. Grab bag. 
It's brewed with maple syrup, molasses, coffee, <sighs> almonds, cinnamon, vanilla beans, more vanilla beans, and more cinnamon. That's oh. So this flavors. is from 2017. Is this like the beginning of the pastry the stout of thing? The beginning of the early yeah. era for beer but making. Actually, Ugh. I think I kind of like this. I have a feeling this beer fresh would have been too much Bad. right yeah but i mean every, everything yeah. has kind of muted and, and yes. settled softened. down a yes. bit and i kind of like what's going on yeah. i i wouldn't drink the whole bottle but i like yeah, the have a cinnamon few i like the cinnamon in this because it's very it's subtle, subtle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and considering that they yeah. probably were very heavy-handed with it in the beginning yes. this is yeah I think it's a glass of things that don't work together at all. Not in harmony. They're not in balance. There's just so many things going on. I think the cinnamon actually is off-putting big time for me. I think the thing that I don't understand is all this fruit that is in this, there is all these fruit overtones. There's like pear. There's like a cranberry there, you know, and I'm like, there is... I, I don't. That just doesn't work with any of the rest of this. It is just a cornucopia of a bad idea. <laughs> so I need to make Mike a raspberry cinnamon beer. There you go. That's, that's the only that's, thing I got. There out of you go. I guess a raspberry it. cinnamon pastry stout. Luke. Oh my gosh, this Ooh, is so bad. Yeah. I really don't like this at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't go that far down in my review it's like cola it's like a really it's like a <laughs> yep. it's like a it's like a, f- a flat rc that somebody jammed it's a peach into it and gone to see its <laughs> yes yeah, that's go. not far off yeah yep. flat rc cola that has a peach a wedge of peach shoved into it and a moon pie yeah, there you <laughs> <go>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow that's the thing, by the way, RC Cola and Moon Pies. Yeah. It's a huge thing in the South, especially uh, here in Tennessee. Now, Sean, it you is. came here from the Midwest, right? Yep. Been here 26 years now, but yeah. Was we still claim me as local. Was it an adjustment to, uh, to Having Moon Pies and biscuits. RCs? No, because there were, there were RC Cola was definitely a thing where I grew up. I mean, it wasn't oh. like huge, but it was still like you definitely it, saw it around. You were aware. Yeah, I was aware. As I, as I recall... Uh, the teacher's lounge at my mom's school had an RC Cola machine in the, in oh, the wow. teacher's lounge. So, uh, yeah. And then I had, I'd heard of Moon Pies at some point, but I don't think I'd ever had one until I got here. Well, this beer should have been served out of that machine. <laughs> so <it was> really <laughs> the bad. teachers would have been really happy. All right. What's <laughs> going to be your rating for this? Oh, my God. I can't even go that far. Uh, you know, I'm... Really? I'm going to call it and say our, our rating here for the Urban Artifact uh, Milkshake, you know, Mailman, milkman. milkman from Hell is going to be a such rating of two. Mike took executive producer uh, privilege. Right yeah, there. sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to... That was not my rating, by the way, so... Um, my personal rating. We don't have that number. Yeah. On our soundboard. That's correct. All right. Well, uh, if you've been following along with all of our grab bag beers, we've had five. Grab bag. And we got uh, one more to go here. Right? So we yeah. have one left. And this is, I've saved the best for last. Oh, I know. <laughs> this okay. is from, yeah. Okay. So this was not in the flight yesterday. Huh? No, this no, was okay. not in a flight This was yesterday. a gift from good old boy Caperton. So it did, it did not come right. from our long-term storage facility. Are we going to have enough time no. to talk this up? All right. We do. Fine. Uh, rye barley wine from Zebulon mm. in Weaverville, North Carolina. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a rye-based barley wine aged in Sagamore Spirits rye barrels. This is going to be a challenge for me because 
I am not a fan of rye, and what? I'm not a fan of barley wines. So, <laughs> blasphemy. <laughs> yeah, Who are I, you? I mean, don't get me wrong. I will try it, and I keep trying barley wines thinking I'm going to find the one that's just going to open up, you know, and let the light shine down from the heavens. Is there a it's, cereal that you like? So uh, do, do you not like Bigfoot? It's okay. I mean, actually, I will say that I had a, a Bigfoot that had been aged a good microphone 10 off? years <laughs> that I did enjoy. Um, actually, it was a Bigfoot with a uh, in a twist-off bottle. Like It, it, it wasn't a twist-off oh, cap, but it was like, yeah, I don't know if Sierra Nevada had a, a, a bottle source issue or whatever. But no, it, they, they did twist-off for a little minute, for a, for a minute there. Um, I did really enjoy it, so maybe I just need to wait a good ten years on every barley wine I try. And it's not a bad idea. It's yeah. not a bad idea. That's almost not a lot. I would say of both a combination of the barley wines as well as the strong ales, as well as the uh, dogfish yeah. head. Uh, what is the green cap? Uh, the one twenty minute. One twenty. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. hold all those things. At I, least I will five say years. when Turtle Anarchy, that uh, was a local brewery here in Nashville, is a local brewery here in Nashville. When they did their another way to rye uh, IPA, I did enjoy the rye. They they balance that really nice yeah. with the with the hops. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a general rule, I'm not. I don't like rye bread. Kendall, what do you think of this? I like it. Hoppy, yeah, enjoy. Hoppy sweet. It's hoppy, definitely hoppy in that barley wine. You know, strong so, ale kind of space. It's a little twelve percent ABV, folks. It, I, I think mean, it needs to age a while. I think yeah. it's too yeah. young. Yeah, yeah, there's something on the finish here. Years. Yeah, I'm getting some spiciness it's on It's going to be your rating for this, everybody. So, yeah, some of those hops need to kind of fade out a little bit. Mm. Juliana, what's going to be your rating for this? Um, hmm. All right. So our Suds rating here for the Zebulon Barley Wine Extravaganza. What's it called? Rye Barley Wine. Rye Barley Wine is going to be a four. <laughs> uh, it's a creative name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, there you go. What's like the I hidden, was really paying attention. What's to the hidden with. message there? <laughs> yeah. Okay, quickly take your take your Joey. Yeah. Try oh, yeah. it quickly and see if you notice anything different. Coming off, hang on. I got oh, it's even better. Ooh, that is like twice as good. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. That'll kick mm, it up. That a is like a let it warm up. It's yeah, like a for glass sure. of honey. Oh. Well, we really hope you enjoyed this episode and our grab bag episode. Listening, if, if you're listening to us online, do yourself a favor and tap the subscribe button. Give it a little tappy. The easiest way to listen to our show is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, or Uncle Larry, play podcasts, Sip Suds and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Hey, Kendall, please tell us about your blog. My beautiful wife and I blog about the good news of good beer at beermakes3.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out of Twitter every day at Sipsode Smokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news, fake or otherwise. You'll be able to interact with thousands of other fans on those social media platforms. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a great big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Five stars. Well, I really enjoyed uh, everybody with this uh, grab bag episode. Grab bag. I, I think you did really good, Dave. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Nice, nice choices. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Solid you know, beer. These were not all bottom feeders. I, I was expecting the worst. Amazing. Actually, Juliana picked them all up. Ah, well. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Juliana. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> good old boy, Kendall. Thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. Good old boy, Sean. Thank you. Good to be back and happy to be here. Good old boy, Dave. Hey, feel free to grab my bag. Hey, <laughs> with lube or without lube? Hey, the raspberry surprised me. <laughs> hey, this is good old boy Mike from Sip Sudden Smokes asking you to come back and join another episode. Um, and I'm going to ask you to keep on sipping. 
one-tan hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.